Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. No doubt, no. This week there will be a series of public meetings in Ireland under the title of a Forum on International Security. It will examine our long held policy of neutrality, the triple lock, and our relationship with EU security and NATO. But it's already generated uh, considerable controversy after the President, Michael D. Higgins, said Ireland is suffering from what he called foreign policy drift. It's obvious that Ireland is a more, uh, that Europe is a more uncertain place after the Russian attempt to invade Ukraine, and many countries have reassessed their international alignments. In the EU, though, there are three neutral countries, Austria, Malta and ourselves. Like us, Malta is an island, it's relatively small, and was once a British colony, so there's a similar debate happening there. Neville Borg is fact-checker at the Times of Malta. Afternoon, Neville. Hello, good afternoon. Uh, could you tell us something about your neutrality? Is it enshrined in your constitution? Yes, it is. So basically, um, it was enshrined in our constitution back in 1987. Um, and it's been there ever since. So okay. it's it's very much a relic of its time, but it, it's still relevant in its uh, own way. And at the time, uh, what was the reasoning behind putting neutrality into the constitution? So at the time, um, the main issue was the Cold War, of course. So in fact, even if you look at the way the, uh, the the clause itself is written, it makes reference to the two superpowers, for instance, obviously referring to the U.S. and the USSR. So the backdrop to the to, to the uh, to the amendment um, enshrining neutrality was essentially the Cold War. That was the background to it. Mm. And, and does it lay out uh, in, in any detail about uh, uh, what Malta is or is not permitted to do in a military sense? It, it does. So basically what the, uh, what the amendment does say is that uh, we're not allowed to join any sort of military alliance. We're not allowed to, uh, for instance, our shipyards can't um, service any military ve- vessels, our airspace can't, can't allow any uh, military aircraft to, to, to use our airspace. Um, so it, it, it kind of pushes us to what it defines as non-alignment. Mm. So again, there's this kind of element of, of the two superpowers and us somewhere in the middle between them. Uh, and do, do, uh, do troops from Malta serve overseas, say, for instance, in peacekeeping missions and, uh, and that kind of thing? Uh, yeah, so we, we are allowed to, uh, to what we call actively pursue peace. So that is kind of the phrasing that's used within the constitution. So Malta is a, it's a, a neutral state. But we, we're encouraged to actively pursue peace. Now, what that means in practice is a little more hazy. So there have been instances where we've joined kind of peacekeeping uh, alliances. So I'm thinking, for instance, of the Partnership for Peace, which is a NATO program that is primarily about peacekeeping. But even these instances have been very controversial in, in Malta. So it's it's very much a debate as to what our our real role is in terms of peacekeeping as well. Yeah, and and in terms of permission, is there a procedure uh, during which to, you know a procedure that's followed through uh, by which then the green light is given for um, uh, military personnel to serve overseas? Not specifically. It doesn't. It doesn't set that out. So we. I mean, we we have an army, but again, it's it's for peacekeeping. Um, the the constitution itself doesn't clearly define how how that is to take place. So there isn't really a procedure in place, aside from standard, you know, military procedures. 
mm. um, within the army itself. So when Malta joined the European Union, was there much debate in your country at the time as to whether that might compromise that neutrality? Yeah, there was. There was very much so. It was one of the key uh, key elements within the debate over whether to join the European Union or not. And, and Malta did, did achieve an exemption, allowing it to kind of stay out of certain common defence policies that the European Union uh, adopts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so it was very much a, a hot debate at the time, and it has remained a hot debate ever since. So there have been several instances over the past 20 years or so where our neutrality was tested. Um, I'm thinking back, for example, to the, the Libya crisis back in 2011. Uh, so there were instances there where we actually allowed um, military forces to use our airspace, for instance, which technically is not is not uh, part of the part of our, our deal as a, as a neutral country. Mm. So there were certain exceptions, and there were certain instances where uh, kind of the neutrality debate arose once again, and and it was it was debated for a little while before you know going back into obscurity. Yeah. Is, I mean, would Malta see itself as being militarily neutral, but perhaps not politically neutral? That, yeah, that's it. So that, that's the argument that the government generally makes. So, for instance, when the, uh, the Ukraine war started last year, obviously there was, I think like every other European country, there was kind of a sense of what is our position here? What, what do we want to represent within this conflict? Um, and as a neutral country, there was also an internal debate as to what should Malta's position be, uh, how vocal should we be, how uh, you know how how open should we be supporting you know Ukrainian uh, humanitarian efforts, for instance. And the general consensus and the uh, the uh, the position of the government is precisely what we said that we're militarily neutral, but uh, not politically neutral. So we've been open in, in condemning. Uh, the invasion. We've been open in supporting, you know, the humanitarian efforts um, for for Ukrainian citizens, but we do not participate in any sort of military action. Okay, and I assume that means you, that that Malta wouldn't provide any kind of military aid to no. Ukraine. No, no, we 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 don't provide military aid. We don't provide ammunition. We don't provide anything of that sort. We do provide food, uh, clothing, uh, medicine. Um, uh, and, and humanitarian aid in general. Mm. Now, now, and part of the reason why this uh, um, th- th- this debate is happening in Ireland is is partially, obviously, because of uh, what happened in Ukraine. Also, a yep. sense of we've had you know Russian maneuvers not too far off our coast, uh, of cyber attacks, uh, intrusions into our airspace, none of which we seem able to to prevent. Are there any concerns like that in Malta? Well, there's always the. I mean, there's always a sort of concern that, as a small country, what do we do if a military force approaches us? Who do we turn to? What do we do? And there's kind of a, a resignation that there's not very much we can actually do as a country to to defend ourselves. The only uh, the constitution actually has uh, makes an exception. So uh, our neutrality clause actually says that if we uh, if we are attacked by, uh, or if our sovereignty is, is somehow at risk, we can actually invite uh, foreign military uh, forces to to come and help us mm. defend ourselves. So there's kind of this self-defense clause. But I mean, in, in reality, the nature of of these sort of threats are are changing. So like you mentioned, you know, cyberspace, for instance, it's becoming more of a threat in terms of you know 
the, the nature of these things is, 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 is changing drastically and the geopolitics are changing drastically. So I think locally there's a, a, a broad understanding that the way our neutrality clause is written up is slightly archaic and perhaps it needs to be rewritten and it needs to be amended to reflect the, the changes that have taken place in the you know, 30, 40 years since it, it, it was first written. Uh, but I take it from everything you've said, though, is it, it doesn't sound like among uh, the public in general in Malta that there's any great t- uh, taste to, uh, to change the position on neutrality. It's, it's, it's a debate that kind of bubbles up to the surface once in a while and then dies off again. There was, uh, so there was a, a survey carried out by the, uh, the Ministry for Foreign Affairs last year, I think, so after the Ukraine war. That was specifically looking into kind of this desire to uh, whether we want to actually keep on neutrality or not. And what that found was that around two-thirds of the population were actually in favor of neutrality. So it, it does seem, at least from the data we have available, it does seem that there is generally a, a, a consensus that neutrality is generally a positive thing. Yeah. Um, and would there be any major political figures or political parties in Malta that would like to change that situation? Um, so we have two main political parties in Malta. We have the, uh, the Socialist Labour Party and the more Christian um, Democrats uh, Nationalist Party. Uh, there always was a slight divide between the two parties. So the Socialist Party was the one that actually introduced uh, neutrality in the Constitution. And they were always the party that is uh, that uh, pushed for neutrality, and uh, the party that's that's in government at the moment. Mm. Uh, the opposition, the, uh, the the opposition party, was always a little bit more open to kind of eliminating the neutrality clause. And in fact, they're the party that uh, got more involved in NATO's Partnership for Peace program, for instance. Um, uh, so, if it were to change, it would be broadly along those lines. But yeah. I wouldn't say there's a big push for it to change yeah. across either party, to be honest, at least not at the moment. Neville, thank you so much for uh, speaking with us today. That was Neville Bork there, a fact checker at the Times of Malta. One uh, uh, Rory says, I was so small in school, I was viewed as harmless. And in fact, picking on me would cost you social points as it was so pointless. I could largely, no pun intended, rely on a bigger kid to say, leave him alone if absolutely required. Not sure our foreign policy should mirror this tactic I had in primary or our subtle reliance on NATO to intervene if absolutely necessary uh, without acknowledgement, uh, says <laughs> Yes, OK. Uh, it, it, interesting analogy uh, to use that way, though, I mean, it's, it's, it's fair to say that in, in our case, at least, that we are we're relying on, on the UK to kind of police our... Well, not that they do, really, but that we, you know, you kind of have to ring somebody in wherever uh, in the UK to say, you know, those planes that are in our sky, can you have a look at them? Uh, another Texas says that uh, troops from Malta are serving in Lebanon uh, with the Irish-Polish battalion at present. So that's part of that's similar to what we do, those uh, overseas uh, peacekeeping missions. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm. With Anna Glaze on News Talk.